the Youth Workshop Podcast, episode number 12. Hello everyone, it's me here, Luke, of course. Um, to mark my birthday, which was on the 1st of March, I'm giving all my listeners a free copy of my book, On Your Marks, A Beginner's Guide to Youth Ministry. Head to www.theyouthworkshop.com forward slash marchbaby. That's www.theyouthworkshop.com forward slash marchbaby. My number one tip would be that we need to always remember that it's God who is doing this stuff and not us. You bring the passion. We bring the knowledge. Learn from the most creative, innovative and experienced youth experts across the globe. Are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level? If the answer is yes, you are in the right place. The Youth Workshop, the podcast. Here's your host, Luke White. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Youth Workshop. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in and listen to us once again. And to be honest, we have a fantastic guest on the show today. His name is Pastor Bobby Ovell. Bobby is a MOBO-nominated recording artist for his first album, Emergent Eclectic. He's a church planter, a community builder, and currently resides in Denmark, where he pastors a cafe church. As well as this, Pastor Bobby is a personal friend and a brother in Christ. So, Bobby, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're up to. Um, well, I think you gave a really great introduction there. I, at the moment, am, as you said, pastoring the cafe church in Copenhagen, which is a, a church plant that started nearly 20 years ago now trying to do church in a way that resonates with the youth culture of Copenhagen. A lot of people, there's a huge cafe culture in Copenhagen, so it was sort of a no-brainer for them to start a church where the setting was very much like a cafe, where people could feel more relaxed and could relate to the church in a in a very practical way. So I'm I'm pastoring there at the moment. Um, got a great great leadership team and great bunch of sort of twenty five to thirty five year olds, people who've just finished their university studies or just sort of gotten married and have a couple of kids and are entering the kind of family phase phase of life. And yeah, it's really it's really cool pastoring such a a vibrant and and uh, uh, progressive community. Um, yeah, and apart from that, I'm just at the moment working on new new music and enjoying enjoying that, gearing up for for a new single that's coming out in in May. And yeah, something that's like that. My, I think it's the best thing I've done so far in terms of my, my the music side of my ministry. So yeah, just really enjoying that. Yeah, we just. Also, just came back from just came back from a, a trip to Norway, where we have our yearly ski trip. So that's really a good way that, in terms of youth ministry, how we we build our, our church. It's sort of our alternative church week. So we ski all day, and then we have like worships in the evening. And it's a good opportunity to invite their friends and have a situation where everyone feels like they're a part of this just community week. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. So yeah. That's what's been going on with me. And every year you mention this to me, and, and every year, or well, so far, I haven't made it. But I will. 
I will make it out to one of these skiing trips one of these days. You know what? I have full faith in you, even though you haven't done it for the last seven years. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, eight for your lucky. You mentioned something I'm going to pick up on, your leadership team that you run the Cafe Church with. It's made up of predominantly young people, which yeah, is awesome. Sure. So tell me, what was there a specific moment or a specific event where you decided that you wanted to make a difference in the lives of young people? Definitely when, when I got a call to ministry from God back in 1996, I had a real vision for just sharing faith with people and encouraging people that God loves us and that relationship with, with him is possible. So I suppose it starts, it started from there and I had, I'd worked as a youth leader in my local church before I ever went into full-time full-time ministry so I suppose it was more of a, a natural thing for me because I I was only I was in my early 20s at the time and then obviously all my friends that the people that I would have had the most influence but that was the, the defining moment when I when I got that call it was quite a powerful thing it was it was a it was an auto call on the street when I wasn't really even thinking about God or anything it was a normal day and then, I, and then all of a sudden it was all so cool. and I was I was in tears and I was just completely moved by by God's love so um, yeah I haven't been the same since really yeah it was a very specific moment I mean it's, it's, yeah I've heard people say to me before yeah I'm really envious of that but I like that they're envious of the, of the fact that I had that really specific moment but I suppose the most important thing is not how you get there, it's just how you get there. Even if you can't really pinpoint a moment when it was really just like, yeah, it happened here, like dramatically, then just the fact that it happened is, is a miracle in itself. Even more of a miracle if you can't pinpoint a moment. Let's switch gears slightly then. Is, do you have a favourite piece of scripture or story in the Bible that you like to lean on or maybe that comforts you when things are a little off point? Yeah, certainly. I, I think recently, or well, last year, became the story of the prodigal son because I was I was studying for a sermon I had to preach at one of my friend's churches here in Copenhagen I, I wanted to come with a different angle on the story and I was reading about the story of the prodigal son and um, one of the things that I hadn't found out about that before that I discovered in my research was that the story would have been familiar to the original heroes because it was a story that was similar to uh, a warning story that, that some Jewish parents told to their kids where it talks about a rebellious son who um, is it's very similar to the story of the prodigal son but the big twist is that in the story that as it was before Jesus told it the, the son ends up dying um, so when people start when he starts out a story there was a man who had two sons and the younger said give me my property now it was almost certain that in their minds they said alright oh, he's he's just rude this kid he's going to end up dying at the end of the story we know how this story goes and the, the, the twists and the story are just so powerful when you think about it from that lens because and it means the fact that he actually gave him the money was a big twist the fact that he went away to a, to a different country with the money was a big twist the fact that he he um the fact that he loses all his all his money is just like again they're like yeah good yeah. when is the story going to end up with this guy that he dies you know then there's the famine. <laughs> then there's the famine, and everyone's like, "Yep, yeah, that's what you get for disrespecting your parents." You know, um, even when you think about like the the, the, the commandment that says, um, "Honor your mother and your father," 
um, so that your days may be long when the land of the Lord thy God gives you, you know, um, this whole idea that there's a, there's a, there's a promise connected to being respectful for your parents and then, uh, and, and then conversely, there's also like a, a, a curse almost that if you don't, then you, you, you can die, right? So, so there's all these twists in the story and then I was like, well, what does it mean for me? And I just thought, um, that God was, I could really clearly hear God saying to me that, all right, Bobby, when you, when you, in those times in life, when you think the story's over, when you've had failures, when you've, um, when you've, when you've made mistakes, when, when, um, when you've been, when you've been broken and you think that the story is ended and it's death and there's nowhere for you to go, then Jesus always has a way for the story to continue. He always has a way for you to go on. And that just really hit me right between the eyes. And, and, and since then, it's been, it's been my new favorite part of, of scripture, the story of the prodigal son, that you know, and, and, and not not just in terms of getting things wrong and, and being like a, a, a wayward son, but also in terms of being a good son, you know, trying to do everything. Like I've been both sons. I've been the son that does everything, like becoming a pastor and, and doing everything that I'm supposed to do. You know, eating only eating only twigs and berries, and, <laughs> and like you know, like like really going to extremes. Um, almost to prove to God now I was bad before now I'm going to be good and then that not really working out because you can't control God in that way you know but, but whatever you've done if you've been trying to sort of almost manipulate God with your good behavior or if you have been trying to experience everything you can, you can with your bad behavior that God comes into the picture and says you know in, in whatever case you are my son you're my child and that that just um, has been a real central point of my of my ministry, when I look at it now, all the way all the way through my through my ministry, it's been a really uh, it's been important for me to let other people know that we don't find our self worth in what other people think of us or how well we're doing, or our successes or how good we are as people, but we find it from the fact that we're good God's children. And um, yeah, so that that's that 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 really resonates with me. Well, that's my that's my that's my engine right now. Speaking of engine, tell us what is French for va by any chance, Bobby? <laughs> oh man, I still, I still don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> hey, Bobby. <laughs> hey, Bobby. Yeah. va um, I don't think they have it in Danish either. Oh, Danish either. Dra- double drat. Double drat. I'm sorry, man. Okay. All right. So, kind of linked to what you've been talking about, which is pretty cool. What would you say the biggest challenges that you have faced with your work with young people? Mm. I mean, it depends on where I've been. In, 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 in London, I think the, the biggest challenge was trying to get young people to think outside of the box, not in terms of what they wanted to do, but in terms of where they saw God working. Like, I found sometimes that there was a, a, a tendency to minimize the conversation into a purely evangelistic one. And even though evangelism is the, is the most important um, think you know being evangelized by God is the most important thing that can happen for any human being like having a repentance experience where you, you start to realize that well God wants me to be someone else than the person I am now there's a lot of you know that is that is like it can't be described how important that is for people to experience that but I also found that within that it was there was a tendency for people to close the argument or close the conversation but the church the area where the church could have influence so there wasn't any any, any, any feeling that God was working just as much in, evangelist, in an evangelistic conversation as he is in the arts or as he is in business or as he is in relationships or as he is in, um, in just everyday life, you know, in parenting, you know, it was more like, okay, this conversation that Jesus died for your sins. And, and instead of that being, um, as it often is described, instead of that being something that, 
made the gospel more powerful. For me, it just made the gospel less powerful because it meant that the gospel could only speak into certain uh, a small area of life. It couldn't speak into every area of life. Um, there was this kind of so that's uh, I often had this sense that um, that that um, it was it was quite difficult to get people to see. Okay, let, let's let's um, let's think about how God could be looking working at your university outside of um, outside of your your traditional way of looking at it. Um, so so that was in England, and then in, in Denmark, it's been more a case of trying to get people to realise the relevancy of the gospel and the relevancy of what God is doing, and the fact that He is. Um, he is working through the little things, but not um, not in the same way as in the UK over here. It's, it's, it's been more a challenge of getting people to see that what they're already doing, God is actually a part of that. So it's kind of like two quite different sides of the spectrum. One where things needed to be opened up a little bit more so people could see, could, could do more things and, and see, live more and see more of what God is doing and then on the other hand see people that are already living and living like quite integrated lives in their culture and in their in their friendship groups and stuff and starting to see that alright well God is actually able to work through that conversation you had with that person um, for, for his good God is actually able to work with you in um, this this job that you have where and bring his purposes about you know so so I think those have been the two the two biggest challenges that I've that I've faced in the two main areas where I've done ministry, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. From listeners who maybe are encountering Bobby Bavel for the first time, as you as you can hear, he has ministered over in this context and is now ministering in Denmark. So he has a really unique take on things, which I hope you can appreciate. Which setting is more difficult, would you say? I think both are difficult. You know, you you, you always have difficult situations. I mean, you've got you've got to you've got to look at where you've got a spark, where you've got something that is a strength so that you can build on it um, so to say which is more difficult I think they're both as difficult as as each other but you, you, you know it's the art of seeing where there are good things already happening where God is already working that you can jump on his work because I believe God is working I believe that God is out there loving people he's already he's already died to save he's he's just trying to open our eyes to what he is engaged in already and we make it difficult for ourselves sometimes when we're not willing to listen to, to, the, to the trends of what God is doing so whereas one could be more difficult than the other I think it's important to look at where God is uh, yeah where God is already where God is already working and and um, look at the sparks so the sparks in in the UK I could see was a lot of young people that are on fire just for for God like in terms of their, their like zealousness, in terms of like wanting to study the Bible, wanting to wanting to uh, wanting to be involved in church-related activities, wanting to create an environment where there's just God, you know. And then that was so that made it that made it a good spark. Uh, but then over here, I think that there's there's been more a question of trying to get people to see the relevance of church in their everyday lives, like I said before. So. It's just, you know, I don't think one is actually, has been actually more difficult than the other because it's a question of perspective, I think. I really believe that God is, God is always working, he's always doing stuff, but sometimes we find it more difficult to see what he's doing in certain areas than others because we don't necessarily have the right eyes for it. I think that makes perfect sense. So now tell us your best 
piece of advice you could tell our youth workers? If you could only tell our youth workers one thing that you've learned from your experience, what would it be? My number one tip would be that we need to always remember that it's God who is doing this stuff and not us. Like, every time that ministry has gone well, it has been when I have realized that I had to get myself out of God's way somehow. Those those have been the times when ministry has worked the best. When I haven't really cared so much about what other people think, but I've been more in tune with who God is calling me to be as as a as a as a as a youth worker. So I think it's just really important that we we allow who God is and what the choices that He's already made to be the, to be the, to be our, our our enduring focus. So that means for me making sure that you have your own relationship with God, you know, like making sure that you you pray, you you, you talk to Him, and you and God are tight. You have your devotional life, and, and um, you make sure you don't let that slip for, for any reason. Whatever you have to do, it might not be that you do it in the traditional way that everyone else does it, but make sure there's a book you read if books speak to you, and make sure you go running with that gospel music in your ears if that's what does it for you. Or just make sure that you are actually connected to God so that you remember that you've already, that, that in order to be a blessing for someone else, you have to be, like, blessed. Um, I'm not saying you always feel blessed, like it's not always happy roses and, and laughing and dancing around. There's some things in youth ministry that are just hard, but it's important to just remember that God is the is the one that is is um, is running this thing, and He's the one that's keeping you. And when you remember that, it makes it the whole thing a lot easier. You, you don't have to run around trying to prove to yourself or to anyone else, you know, your worthiness. You, you know that you've got a, a real clear understanding that listen, this stuff is. This is God stuff. I'm just, I'm helping out. And that would be my biggest, um, that would be my biggest tip. Or maybe it's a little bit of a cliche, you know, have a relationship with God for yourself, but it just, it just, it gives you the right perspective to be able to do all the other stuff, I think. Okay, then. What is the biggest mistake you have made in working with young people and what did you learn from it? Mm, um, biggest mistake that I've, that I've made in working with young people I don't know. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to think about it like in terms of like making mistakes because I think my my whole my whole philosophy is that you know you don't have you don't have mistakes. You have like research and development. You just worked out how not to do it. You know, like there's there's whole departments in these companies where they've just got like research and development. They don't call it the failure department. They call it the research and development department. So um, I think I think yeah, I obviously made loads of loads of mistakes along the way. Maybe maybe the biggest mistake I made at one point was was trying too hard not to make mistakes in a way, like being a little bit worried, like overthinking things instead of just doing it, like doing it as it was quite naturally, as it just felt quite natural for me to do it. I think probably that's one of the biggest mistakes I made. Like also, well, I think sometimes, okay, the, the biggest mistake I can think of, I can think of actually is when I've, when I've waited too long to do something or... Tell us what you're thinking about in particular right there. Can you, can you pin... So like there's like times when there's times when like we wanted to start like a new group or start a new ministry and uh, we did, we spent so much time planning and prepping the thing that by the time we actually like got on with it everyone was just bored or fed up or or we, we didn't we didn't actually get anywhere because we were we were so worried about starting and trying to get everything perfect that we didn't we didn't like just throw ourselves into it and then and then that that prime that that sort of primal first energy to do it dissipated by that weight right i think that's probably the biggest um mistake that i made also one time i had this group of young people that i was studying with and um 
Like I was really, I was really in tune with wanting them to like take over themselves and, and, and train them up as leaders for themselves. And um, they, I don't, I don't know if it was because they weren't ready or the way that they were, the way that we were being trained up. But I think there was a lot of emphasis at that time on making sure that your groups don't last forever. You know, they, they, they should multiply into other groups. And 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 in the in the in the process of trying to multiply, we we splintered that particular group in a way that I don't know. Maybe it would have just happened anyway. I don't know. We can't know. We can't know, but I, I suspect that maybe that might have been a, 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 a semi-mistake to say that, you know, these young people, all of a sudden, they had to, like, stand on their own two feet. And, and, and they were actually saying that they were ready to do it, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they, they were. So I think that, I'm just saying that to kind of balance it out in terms of what I said before about, you know, sometimes we just need to go into it and sometimes you don't. But again, I, I would stick with the first thing. I think that the main mistake I've made is just been overthinking things. Like, don't, don't overthink it. Just keep it simple and stupid. Is your youth leader amazing? Have you noticed how she goes the extra mile for your church? If the answer is yes, why not nominate them for a Christian Youth Work Award? Actors have the Oscars, singers have the Grammys, youth leaders have the Christian Youth Work Awards. My book, On Your Marks, was nominee and runner-up for an award last year. We didn't win, but my mum thinks I'm a winner anyway, so that's okay. Nominations haven't opened yet for this year, but why not get prepared by heading to www.youthworkawards.co.uk. That's www.youthworkawards.co.uk for more information. Back in 2010, when I was a youth leader, I searched the internet for great ideas and fantastic resources. Some were awesome and some were rubbish. Enter the Youth Work Summit, a place where youth leaders come to be inspired and share the big ideas and great work that is happening in Christian youth ministry. Grab your tickets at www.youthworksummit.com. All right, cool. Right, as I said before, a lot of our listeners, they're youth workers, but they're part-time youth workers. So they might be listening to this podcast while they travel to work on the train or maybe while they go for a jog in the morning. And so schedule and organization is a massive issue for them because they're trying to juggle so many things. Can you give us any ideas, tips or hacks to help with organization, planning and productivity? Well, this is how I organize myself. It's all about, it's all about my to-do list. So I've got a to-do list. And that's split up into different sections, stuff I've got to do, like people I've got to contact. Um, there's a dream section on there, the stuff that is not going to happen unless I put some time aside to really go deeper into planning and go deeper into thinking about who I am as a person, like developing myself and becoming the person I want to be. Because uh, a lot of a lot of the whole stuff with like planning and scheduling, a lot of times is to do with how successful you are, but but ministry deeper than success it's it's actually more to do with the type of person you're becoming and the type of person your you young young people are becoming the type of people young people are becoming so i think um i've got this to-do list and it, it's the difference between being organized and not being organized for me my to-do list so yeah i write them down i tick them off and i i make sure that i have a weekly meeting with myself around my to-do list at least once a week weekly meeting with myself around my to-do list so, and then like sometimes I'll make a new one and just carry some things over that couldn't be done there are some things on my to-do list that are dream category and they will stay on there for like about five or six to-do lists give us a dream that's on there right now if you'd be so brave well my, my dream right now on there is to start a new project called uh, Don't Envy Me which is about presenting realistic pictures or realistic stories on social media because there's so much envy that you can have like on social media people are posting stuff up I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well like, I post up all the good stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah I'm flying business class today or whatever but I don't post about the, the flight that I missed yeah. because 
I got, you know, because I got there late or something, you know, well, I'll post on, yeah, you know, five in the morning. The other day I posted at five in the morning, I'm going to training. And then, like, so I posted that and I was on my way to go and do my, do my training. And then I got off the, the train, looked down on my feet and I realized I had two different pairs of trainers on. <laughs> <laughs> two odd trainers on, right? And then, like, I was like, okay, let me... Let me let me post this up as well because this is a part of the story, right? Like, you know, we present this picture of being really perfect and stuff and having it all under control. But really, um, if we if we were to you know, dig down deep, then we could just be 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 a lot more um, healthy if we just shared like both sides of the of the coin, you know. So, like, my my dream at the moment is to start off a project with that with with some young people, sort of use them as models if you like, and have have. Um, have have them sort of go into this project, you know, hashtag don't envy me, I'm normal or whatever. And then just like on one side, it'll be like, yeah, I did all my, or like on one side it'll have, yeah, I've got an iPhone 6. And then the other, other side it'll say, yeah, well, my, my, card, my, my, my card's blocked or, you know what I mean? £300 overdraft or whatever, you know, like so that it's, it's so that it, it just presents... Um, so, so yeah, so I've got stuff like that on my dream list. I think that's yeah. I think that was specifically really interesting because I feel like social media is moving in that direction where you know it's coming to. I guess it's I think it's nearly either just over or coming up to ten years or so of kind of the internet being kind of accessible for everyone, and yeah. you know social media is really obviously massive. And everyone's kind of been yeah. on that for a while and using it in that way. But I feel like we are coming to a point where people are like um, the ice bucket challenge or the makeup challenge. Those kind of things, I think, are kind of tasters of kind of what people are thinking. But people aren't necessarily brave enough yet to fully kind of embrace, OK, how honest can I actually be on this thing? Or how honest am I really willing to be? Yeah, and I think it can go both ways. You know, like you mentioned the whole like no makeup challenge. That's like. You mean the being a man challenge, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 we're, yeah, yeah. We're on there. We're on there with no makeup all the time. <laughs> anyway, exactly. But, <laughs> no, but, but I think it's a good point. And I think sometimes it can go like the other way. Like, people can start to sort of self-hate in, in that way. Like, I've noticed the trend. I've even done it recently. Like, people doing selfies with no face in it. Like, with their phone in front of their face. Like, I've done a couple with, like, my phone in front of my face. And I think that it can go both ways because then it can be a sort of, like, um, self-deprecation. Self yeah. Instead of like a healthy sort of laughing at yourself, oh, ha, ha, how silly am I after all, even though I tried to present this picture, like there's a, there's a way to do it that's healthy. And I think there's a way to do it that's, that's unhealthy, sort of like trolling yourself almost. Like, you know, so, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that people are starting to, to see that, that, that in a lot of ways it's been a bit plastic. Um, like there's been a lot of Insta fronting. <laughs> Insta fronting, I love yeah, that. Insta fronting going on. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even take credit for that. Oh, it was no. my boy uh, Daniel Faber in um, in Australia who said it to me. It's like we were in a we were in one studio, but I posted a picture from another stu recording studio because it was a better picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, there's better light. Well, I am in the studio now, so Insta fronting. Insta -fronting we love that. That's come to the UK now. We're taking that. Yeah, yeah. Insta fronting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Australians are good at coining the term. According to phrase, yeah. So, yeah. So, so it was. It was. Uh, it was. Yeah. It, I, I think. I think. Uh, I think it, it's really cool. I mean, I got the. I got the, the the feeling that we are at a stage now where we can use social media to to heal people, 
um, in some way, like we can use social media to be a part of people's realizing that I'm normal instead of it being a tool to create more elitism, you know? So, and, and, but, but as well, like we also, you know, need to be willing to like tell the truth. Like sometimes, like even the blessings, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, sort of afraid to say how blessed I am sometimes because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or sound like I'm making it about me, you know? So, like, if I am fine business, it's not because I'm rich and elite. It's just, you know, it could be that I just, I got, I got lucky with a cheap flight or something or whatever, you know? You know, it's not because I'm... Balling like I'm Diddy. That, yeah, balling like Diddy, you know? So, um, or, or what if you do find yourself in a position where you are balling like yes. Diddy, you know? So, like, is that, is that okay as well? Mm-hmm. So, I think um, it's, it's, it can go, it can go... It can go both ways. Loving the introspection. And we need to make sure it goes the right... Yeah, we need to make sure that it goes the right way, you know? A healthy direction. All right, good stuff. All right, cool. So, tell us now, what what's your best book or resource that you've read that has helped you either directly related to leading young people or that has helped you be a better leader? Okay, um, I think that the book that I've read that's had the most impact on me in the la- over the last few years is a book called the Sac- probably a book called The Sacredness of Questioning Everything by David Dark. And he talks about the fact that having having questions and being open is instead of being a weakness, is actually a strength because it allows God to get into your heart because you, you're open, you've got questions. And um, I think that that was a good a good picture in terms of like being a leader that it's important to have have questions it's important to 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 be open to listening to others as a leader and i think that that was probably like the the, the book that has helped my my thinking the most also because it, it challenged me in terms of my view of god like does god really love us or is he is he out there to get us like what is your overall picture of who god is that colors the way you do your ministry colors the way that I lead people, it colors the way that I encourage other people in their faith, right? If I really deep down believe that God is 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 not as nice as he pretends to be or something. Like that that really and truly he wants to keep us all out of heaven. I mean obviously love says no a lot of times. Love says no, but um I think that, that book has has really impacted my my view of God and that has impacted in turn my my ministry. So yeah the second question question everything by David Dark. Great book, great book. Impacted me deeply. Check it out. All right, then leave us with a vision, a big dream for the future for young people up and down the world. Let's get let's get massive. A big vision, a dream that you have for the future of young. Well, I, I, my my vision actually is connected to uh, a, a, a group of young people who are able to be relevant in their context. Like there's a whole world of people who don't have anything to do with church. I don't think it's because they don't want to. I think that it is because the way that ministry has been done and how they can connect and um, I think that I think that my vision is that we would have a uh, a, a youth ministry that speaks to the majority culture that you find, especially in the UK. That is my that is my burning desire that church will be done in a way that speaks to them, not just in a way that speaks to to us and our small views of what God could do. So I think like having a big vision 
uh, in that way is is um, is my, my my burning desire. That's in my bones, bro. That means we'll see you back over here shortly. Yeah, man. There's no place like home and all that. Yes, yeah, that's what we like to hear. All right, then let's um. Yeah, give yourself one last push, one last big plug, especially the album and your music. The best place to find out more information about you and then one last great bit of advice. Well, I think, you know, social media is always a good way to keep in touch with people. I'm on, I'm on Instagram, so if you want to find me, you, you, you can on there. What's your handle? Um, Bobby Bovell. Always, always keep my handle as my handle. <laughs> See, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm doing... I'm doing this music and people can, can find it if they really want it. So I don't really want to do a big, I don't want to do big plugs. When you're next in the UK, are you doing a talk? Are you coming out here anytime soon? Um, I'm actually going to be over in April for the BUC. Uh, there's a BUC weekend, um, first weekend in April. So I'm going to be doing some night cafes there. So we'll be doing like an acoustic unplugged vibe. So if you're around, come, come down. It'd be good to see you. Come and say hello. Come and... Come and, yeah, come and say hello. I'll post up the link in this interview, so those of you who aren't aware of what that's all about, you can you can follow the link and get through to all of that as well. Yes, sir. All right, one last great bit of advice, and then I will let you go. Okay, man, that's a shame, man. I'm sad this is over, man. So, <laughs> anyway, go on. I paid him to say that. It's always, good, it's always good talking to you. Oh, thanks, man. Go on, tell me, man. Tell me. You tell me. One last great bit of advice. Okay, um, I was reading this book recently that was called um, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want It, written actually by a marketing guy. And one of the things he was saying that like successful people are always giving away their ideas, like they're not trying to hold on to their, their past successes. They're just always giving away their ideas. And, I, and I, I think that as a youth leader, it's good that we don't harbor any of our information as secrets, but we, um, we, should, just give it, we should give it all away, you know? So the stuff that you, the stuff that you get, Give it away. That will give space in your heart for for new stuff to come in, and always trust that there's always going to be new stuff, and God is always going to inspire in new ways. Don't ever believe that there is a more that God wants to do, because God is the more God of more. He's the God of He's the God of the living. He's not the God of the dead. Yeah. So He's the God of the future. He's not the God of the past. In other words, so and you are the future. So let God um, let God just um, give you what He wants to give you by being a a give it away type of guy or girl. Love that. Bobby Bovell, Pastor Bobby Bovell, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an awesome interview. Thank you for all the advice. I hope it makes some form of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So thank you so much. I will catch you again soon. Yeah, man. Thank you too, man. Thanks for what you're doing and God bless you and your ministry. Really loving what you're doing, bro. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Youth Workshop Podcast. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes where you can subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. For your free copy of my book, On Your Marks, A Beginner's Guide to Youth Ministry, head to www.theyouthworkshop.com forward slash March Baby. Don't forget you can find me over on Twitter at Luke C.R. White. That's Luke C-R-W-H-Y-T-E. I look forward to seeing you over there. And until next time, create and impact with your influence.